Well, hi. Hello, and welcome to Reanimated. This is a podcast about zombies and undead stuff. Uh, today, we're talking about Daryl Dixon, episode four of that spinoff show. My name is Stuart. I'm com- coming at you from California, and joining me is H.A. Conrad in New York. How are you today? I am delightful. Super duper. We have a lot of, well, for, for lately, we have a few things to talk about in the news, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, so let's dig right into that so that we can get onto the main course. Uh, this week, most folks in the United States should have gotten a uh, wireless emergency alert test on their cell phones um, as the as FEMA tested its uh, ability to uh, send out broadcasts via cell phone. And apparently, I mean, I got it. I had. Both of my my work phone and my personal phone all blew up within five seconds of each other. Same. Great. Great. It worked. Uh, apparently, there was some online scuttlebutt going around that pe- telling people to sh- turn off their phones because this uh, signal was going to activate a-, a zombie virus in people who had been vaccinated against COVID. Um, this this has been attributed to like QAnon types. Uh, I I sure hope none of them had their phones on by accident, and then we're live. Well, they're not vaccinated, so we're fine. So they 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 weren't worried about themselves. They were worried about the zombies who would come after them from all the COVID vaccinated people. And I I get that. That's a pretty real fear. Uh, did you turn off your phone just in case, H.A.? I, I did not. I welcomed it. I just had both of them going, so you know. Yep. I, welcomed I'm- it just like you would the zombocalypse. Take yep. me, zombies! I'm ready. I'm not into a permanent camping situation. Which is <laughs> what my friend said about the zombie. That's a very real, that's, that's a, that's a real take, man. Like if you don't want to be on the road and like I've said many times about how I want people to look homeless as these actors in these shows, basically you're, you, you become a nomad uh, or, or you, you live in a camp, which is like one step up from well, I think like, yes, there's that there's that. But I guess, you know, just you and I have talked about this ad nauseum, but the food scarcity, the water scarcity, that would that would all be really rough on top of everything else. And that alone would make it pretty hard to survive and a pretty miserable way to go out. Um, so anyway, on that happy note, <laughs> on that happy note, there, there were there was there, there were a few articles uh, yesterday making fun of people for their uh, hysteria about the COVID vaccine still years later now. Uh, So, you know, there's not a whole lot of editorializing I need to do. I think it speaks for itself. There was an excellent op-ed in the New York Times just about um, uh, immunity and and vaccines and things like that. And it was really well done. It was an interview. with an immunologist, I believe. And it was just a very well thought out article and answered some questions that I didn't even know. Just sort of like, um, I don't know if you've heard of this lately, Stuart, but like a lot of people have been getting shingles like a lot earlier. Typically, they worry about that people getting shingles when they're in older age because their immune system starts to sort of drop that immunity that they got from when they had chickenpox. And um Anyway, it, it gives a lot of answers for all those things. And I and I just think it's pretty fascinating. So check it out. I think it was out like the last couple of days. Um, so um, but in happier news and to talk about food, which, you know, I love this is like this amazing thing that this bakery did <laughs> for the what is it? The one house bakery. And it's in your neck of the woods. Can you go there? It must be really far from you, right? It's it's like an hour away. But yeah, it's not it, it's not ridiculously far but yeah they've uh there's some sort of like town-wide competition i guess where mm. and this bakery has been doing these insane installations for years uh last in 2021 they did the pandalorian with baby dota and the pandroid i don't know what the pandroid was but uh, there's probably a photo of it linked in this article which is in eater san francisco this one is called last of the crust however and it's a uh Cordyceps zombie from Last of Us, as you might expect. It looks insanely realistic. These guys are talented bakery artists. I think you need to go there and do like a live streaming thing of trying this bread or something. And even if they won't let you try the Last of Us bread, just any bread. I think this would be this is what our listeners want. 
they want me to go and eat things. <laughs> and even if they don't want it, I want it. I want to see you tasting the baked goods. Do it. Okay. <laughs> challenge accepted. I don't know. Do you take the challenge? Maybe when you're feeling a little better. I don't know. Probably right yeah. now you can't taste too much with cold. I, I cannot taste very much. And the idea of eating bread just makes me feel uh, like dry yeah. cotton mouth for real. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. But so uh, maybe down the line, but but I think we should make this a thing. Yep. Sounds good. <laughs> I don't way, have it's, making it's, last it's, of us breads. I don't have those skills either. Uh but it, check it out. The 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 Eater San Francisco article, The Last of Crust is the <laughs> name of the installation. And okay, it is insanely good. That is awesome. The last of crust. Oh, that's I love that. Yeah, they they definitely do a lot of uh, good puns, too, in their naming. OK, so otherwise, uh, moving on from from art, we have a couple of projects with release dates. This is this time of year right before Halloween where you expect this. These are fairly low profile. Heard is one that we've spoken about earlier this year that is coming to theaters and VOD October 13th, which is right around the corner. Um and in addition, there is a meta style uh, project called Project Z, and that is coming to theaters and VOD on November 3rd. And that one is about uh, people shooting a zombie movie when a zombie apocalypse breaks out. <laughs> so how do you tell the difference between it? I mean, I feel like the confusion would only last about 20 minutes, but sure. Unless you're shooting like a massive scene for The Walking Dead. You don't have to wait. You don't have to wonder for too long which ones are the actors and which ones are the zombies. True. So, however, give let's let's give all these a try. Heard looks pretty good in the trailer that we watched earlier this year. Yeah. Project so, yeah, I have not watched the trailer yet, but both of these are written up on Dread Central. Well, we shall have to check them out. Um, and but in the meantime, we are still talking about Daryl Dixon and. Um, almost through this season, which I think is only six episodes. So this is episode four. And apparently um, the premiere for this uh, was the biggest AMC Plus premiere ever, but that's according to AMC. Yeah, and it's AMC Plus premiere. Like there's a lot of, there's there are some real parameters on this best ever uh, statement that they're making here. They're also touting that it's, performing better than other shows uh like consistently and it is getting like 600,000 view viewers according to their wikipedia per episode the weird thing about all of this as we have talked about in the past is that the streaming versus like how are they measuring all of this and it all doesn't seem to make sense or add up right oh now it's a total shell game yeah how they're reporting yeah. this stuff so I don't know that this actually has any like validity on any level, but okay. Like how is poor Nielsen even keeping track of right. stuff anymore? Those poor people. They're like, oh my God, there's like no way to really measure anything anymore. Yeah. The first episode opened to 630,000 viewers in the United States, which if you remember the heady days of uh, Fear of the Walking Dead's uh, you know, series premiere, I want to say that was 16 million. Yeah, it was like massive. Well, they it broke records. It was like world records. Yeah. This And so now to go from like, yeah, we got 16 million Fear the Walking Dead and how far that show has fallen to, hey, 600,000 guys, we did it. I mean, the, the landscape has changed a lot since then. But geez, <laughs> this is it's a good show and I'm glad that it's doing well, but it just feels like a really weird, a really weird flex, I guess you could say. I I feel like this whole thing is more just to put something out there like this. I don't know, just to get the this is to me, this is just clickbait, right? Yeah, right. well, it's, it's also it, it sets off my bullshit detector when Variety is saying, AMC is reporting. Right. That's like <laughs> that, AMC that it's reporting. Doing so well. Yeah. It's it's like yeah. Any but anytime you're reporting about yourself, uh, you gotta you gotta wonder how much of it's actually accurate. Yeah. And I say that as someone who regularly writes press releases. They actually quote Nielsen in the or not quote Nielsen, but they're referring to Nielsen ratings, which we don't have access to unless you pay, I think. And they're saying it got 1.1 million viewers in the fourth episode, whereas Wikipedia is only showing 719,000. So 
what we're seeing on Wikipedia is not quite at the same level as what they're saying. I think that they're trying to sort of, uh, I don't know, manipulate how well it's actually doing. So I, 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 I think on the flip side of that, maybe the more depressing side of that, it is actually doing pretty well. And but it's still not doing that well. Right. <laughs> like, they're like, oh, it's doing, it's way outperforming Dead City. Right. Which we both kind of were like, eh. Yeah, about. but no kidding. No kidding. It's outperforming Dead City. But like, I don't know. It's just uh, this seems like a kind of silly article to me and and a very biased article <laughs> in terms of who it's coming from. So. I guess that's it for the news. Let's uh, let's talk about the iron, the Lady of Iron, or the Dom yes. de Fer. The Eiffel Tower, directed by Tim Southam, written by Shannon Goss. Mm. Apparently, it had one point one million viewers, according to Nielsen. <laughs> uh, mm. We 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 begin this story with some weird stuff. Honestly, yeah, I want to talk uh, about this because yeah. it's a little confusing to me. This this um, was I, at first I did not realize it, but this was a dream sequence, I guess. What we're about to describe, but they we can did not may- make that clear. No. Um, and I kind of went back and watched it. I'm like, did I miss something? Um, so when last we saw our intrepid Daryl, he was um, falling through a roof. He fell through a crumbly little roof, um, and this sequence seemed like he was in a tunnel and is separated from he sees Laurent and he's separated from him and there's a bunch of walkers coming in and he keeps yelling Laurent Laurent and Laurent is praying and is somehow immune to the walkers like they just don't uh bother oh, have him you been, have you been seeing those uh headlines too or what no I, I think people are speculating is Laurent immune to walkers they don't actually show him get bitten and survive in this no, dream uh, or flashback or whatever. Well, what they look, show is that he prays, they cluster around him, and then they walk away and leave him. Right. And he gives Daryl kind of a get stuffed look and walks away. It's a uh, very little snotty look, which, you know, he, I will admit to you, Laurent annoyed me so much in this whole this whole episode, much more than he has in prior episodes, which I didn't think was possible. Um, well, you have different people writing for him, you know, like, and... The same goes for Adam Negatis, who I have all these high hopes for. And I feel like I know I feel like he's being wasted, but we can. Well, get to- yeah, it's just like the character is not going to have the same breadth mm-hmm. as the character that I'm comparing him to in my in my head. So I have to just kind of come to terms with that. But yeah, I think Laurent is not rising to the same levels as he has in other episodes. And I feel like you have to put that down to the script. The kid has clearly he's shown that he has the capacity to be like precocious and interesting. So when he's not, you're like, oh, okay. I guess it's just, I guess he's having an off day. Yeah. Well, anyway, this was a dream sequence. It, it was not made clear that that's what was going on here. Oh, cause he uh-huh. blinks or something. And then he's underwater. Right? And suddenly he's underwater. And yeah. then I have a big question here, which is looks like, like he got bit, right? He get bit. Cause then he makes a weird comment to our friend, Dominique Pignon, the pigeon guy later. That makes me wonder, but um, or maybe it's just a like a Daryl being Daryl moment. But, um, you know, this this looks pretty. I mean, this like considering that we have seen places in the show where it wasn't obvious that people got bit. <laughs> Carl, um, who else? There's like a bunch of other people that we have talked about. But Carl is the biggest one where it's like it wasn't obvious that he got bit and where he got bit was incredibly weird. But in this case, it really does look like he got a good chomp into him. Yep. And later he does say something like he's like kind of alive or something like that. So that worries me a little bit. Um, I missed I missed that uh, comment. Yeah. Uh, um, no, me. I miss I miss things because I also have other things that were like revelations to me in this episode that I think we're not supposed to be <laughs> like um, the fact well, that the nest, the nest isn't in Paris. I thought the nest, I thought the nest was that community that they'd come to. No, uh, it's secret and outside of Paris, I think. Yeah, so like, I just um, have no idea. but you know, but he says he has this exchange with, um, I don't know what, what Dominique Pignon's name is supposed to be in this. I just call him the pigeon guy, but um, he's just like, Oh, how are you doing? And I mean, I don't like that's, Daryl's just sort of like, um, you know, it's like, 
kind of alive or something like he said something weird where it makes me like wonder and he does seem to be limping but he always sort of sort of seems to he be has a limping. weird gait yeah it's, he has a weird gait so this worries me a little bit um so <laughs> like that's that's a little bit concerning um it's um i don't know um, he, uh, on his way to meet dominic pinon pinon uh, he he's having these um, he's in the city streets. He's he keeps looking up at like people's balconies or uh, into people's living rooms in their apartments, and they're like playing cello or having like a touching tender moment. And then in the streets is just zombies, and he's like, "What is?" You don't he doesn't say anything, but you're like, "Wow, Paris is they've got it figured out. They're just doing okay in the zombie apocalypse, apparently." Uh, uh, but then there's this also carriers. This almost felt like so because of the weirdness of the beginning part. I almost thought that this was a dream sequence because it yeah. felt weird that he was walking around and things feel sort of normal. Um, and then of course it it sort of doesn't go that way. But um, yeah, but, I don't know yeah. what they were what they were trying to get across in that. But that was like clearly they were trying to sell us something about Paris and how they're coping which is apparently better than America. <laughs> in- Maybe, but like they still have these guerriers. They have the, like the other group of survivors pitting against each other. Like, I don't know what they're trying to say there. Um, uh, and what Dominique uh, Pignon, the pigeon guy says to him, he's like, Oh, you're still alive. And Daryl says sort of. And so that was kind of weird. And that made me worry coupled with the limp that maybe, maybe yeah. something on here that could and also then, just sound like daryl being flip in a way oh but. right and that's could that is a very normal daryl response like he was half drowned so that could be it um the thing that does worry me um given the sort of vision with um Laurent, is that i am worried that there is going to be some kind of a is laurent some immunity kind of giver and his blood transfusion is a cure or something like that. And that, is, that worries me that this is where we're going. I hope not. I don't but, know. It's not so far fetched, but that feels like potentially what maybe is going to happen here. And I really hope they don't go down that path, but that huh. that was something that occurred to me when that exchange happened. And when they made this sort of I- idea of things with the vision and like, subconsciously Daryl does think that Laurent is special, something weird like that. Anyway, um, I do it's- like that. We got to see Dominique Pignon again. I um, thought that maybe one of the pigeons came back with a message for Daryl, but that doesn't seem to be the case or something. And, um, you know, this, this whole thing goes really wrong really quickly. And sadly he exits the show. Um, yeah. A, there was a, a- it was a nice little guest star appearance for two episodes and then uh, no mas because he's not going to stand by while some guerriers are talking about eating his pigeons. Those are his babies. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the messed up, the most messed up part about the end of that scene is Daryl has already thrown his knife into a guerriere the, in the fight scene. And so it's not in his hand when he's going to do the coup de gras on Dominique or the pigeon master. He's going to use his uh, morning star. They don't show it, but he like un he like releases the chain and it's hanging there and he's about to like rush his skull. Yeah, and can we talk about the use of the morning star so often and as his choice of weapon now? I mean, he used it in the fight at Kingdom too against the the whisperers. I think it's did, but there's it's a, there's a okay. good couple years of uh, continuity there. It's it's not that he's using it. It's in the scenarios that he's using it. So in the fight with the kingdom, that makes sense. Everybody's loud. Everybody's all out. That thing is loud. It's loud in a very quiet street where you're trying to kind of be under the radar and also not attract more walkers. And so I just don't like his his knife skills and his his crossbow skills. These things are a little bit more obvious, though I guess you have to be a little bit further away to use the the crossbow but um he hasn't had much of a ranged weapon option so anyway the use of the mace feels weird to me in the scenarios he's using it i'm not arguing that he shouldn't use it i'm just saying he had used it in very specific things before and now he's using it in almost all scenarios and this is like this is what he's doing right now which it's like you're kind of advertising to everybody that you're around which is weird 
So I get, yeah, uh, I, I'm I'm enjoying it, uh, especially at the <laughs> Eiffel Tower. I think they that use it, they use it nicely. That, again. That's a more group and situation, yeah. whatever. But it's also I don't know. You're more efficient with the other things to with the knife to get rid of them. But anyway. Hey, nor do you th- like, yeah, in this case, he would have to go like get his knife out of another guy <laughs> and then stab True. Dominique in the yeah. head. In this case, though, he's just like, oh, guess I'm going to have to crush your entire skull. Uh, he didn't like the pigeon guy that much either. anyway, I guess. Yeah. Um, before the pigeon guy death scene, we also had a scene of the Guerriers at the what I thought was the nest, but it's just a just a community where Falu and his people are from. And it's Kodron is there, and so is Janae. And they're talking to a lady about Laurent, where he is, where's the American, etc. Um, and it's it's a there's a scene with a baby that was very fraught until the very end of the scene. I was like holding my breath for a while as soon as Janae gets her hands on the baby. Cause she's looking at it, she's looking at the baby while it's crying in yeah. a way that seems like pissed off, but then she's actually super gentle and sweet with the baby but you don't expect that so that yeah, was there, there, i was like don't go near the baby don't let her near the baby do and not let that lady take that baby and the the people all around seem pretty nervous too yeah. so i don't think we're the only ones who think that maybe she isn't the best person to be holding a baby and the way she's talking about weakness and all this other stuff i was really afraid for the kid um so i'm glad that that's not what happened but she is a little bit loosey-goosey in her mental status i would say um, uh, yeah, she certainly seems to have a philosophy about stuff. I think I'm not 100% sure that this episode is named after for her because it could also be Isabel based on some of her actions in this episode. It could be I Anna. Think it could have, I think it could have dual meanings. Yeah, I think it has maybe a trifecta of Iron Ladies. Yeah. Um, Les Dames de Fer, perhaps. But <clears throat> it, you do get to know Janae a little better. She has some statements during this episode, such as impressionism is degenerate, <laughs> which, <laughs> I I, which I know would have pricked up your ears, uh, <laughs> which is great. And the stuff she's talking about, like, it's people like you, uh, which as she speaks to these survivors, uh, your fault that the zombie apocalypse ever happened in the first place. And I'm like, I, I mean, I feel like we're, we know it's like scientists. Right. So I don't know how these people are responsible for Not that. Not necessarily yeah. street vendors uh, or whatever it is that these people now represent. <clears throat> and Kodron well, is, is just trying to. I think she's making a commentary on religion. So that's, yeah. that's exactly what she's doing. Um, it's interesting how much these people are spilling to her and like. Oh, she, yeah, that lady didn't care. Really? She's like, oh, Laurent's the chosen one. Yep. And you're a jerk. Yep. <laughs> and like, cool, cool. You know, and they they seem to have infiltrated this group pretty easily. There's no, there's no like, even though they're kind of fighting back, there's there's this whole idea that they are just going to come in, get information, find Laurent, and like get away with get do whatever they're supposed to be doing. Um, and then also find Daryl. Like, there's like a bunch, there's a bunch of things going on, but the ultimate p- part of this is that, um, Janae feels like. She's got to get Laurent out of the picture. She's got to get Daryl out of the picture. And then things will go back to how they have normally been, which is basically she's got the whole city wrapped up um, and under her control. And it does feel like uh, a a weird response, given that yeah, something was messed up on one of her ships. Daryl was the culprit, but he hasn't been messing with her stuff since then. So she's putting all this effort into him right now. Like what's going on with the other, her scientific research or whatever it is that she's doing is like, is, I don't know. It, it feels, it feels like. This was a, not as successful in sort of storytelling here. Yeah. Um, I mean, we learned a lot about her, but not that much. I mean, not more than we already, I don't think we learned anything really new about her that we didn't know before. Um, and I will say the the interaction between her and uh, Quinn are like, you know, again, that's kind of like they're sort of uneasy allies or at least frenemies. And it's interesting that she's just sort of like, okay, I need to get, you know, Daryl and the kid and. I mean, Quinn does a pretty good job at like faking here, but um, but she's got a lot of disdain for him. 
she's kind of like, all right, go sit with your whiskey or whatever. Like somehow I think she feels like her way of doing things is somehow more on a on a higher plane than the fact that he is simply dealing in like kind of like black market goods and things like that. Yeah. Uh, sundry what, items what, and like comfort items and somehow what, what is what her motivations are are still fairly unclear right i think it's knowledge on some level knowledge and uh a vice grip of power like you've said so i don't think well, it's just that though i mean i think even with her experimentations and things like that i think she has some idea that she is doing things to you know, for I, I don't want to say for the greater good, but that is a little bit of the vibe you get versus and they are trying to make that she is making that delineation between what she's doing and what Quinn's doing Um, to her. Quinn is just this like, you know, dirty little black market trader. Um, Fine. She uses him for whatever she has to, but he's definitely not in her camp. Um, And so like, but she definitely is trying to make a like a that a distinction between them even in you know what he's asking for and it's interesting though because you know she assumes he's going to want you know for the trade um goods and she mentions calvados and she's very snotty about all the stuff that she's like talking about and then he asks for a painting which doesn't even like make her pause she's just like yeah whatever you can have it because that's just generative art um and that's an interesting thing, too. And it, so I, I think it at least gives us a little bit more information about her. But it's just kind of funny that she thinks that she is in sort of like, I don't know, uh, like a higher plane of existence or has higher morals to some extent, I guess. Well, we still don't know very much about what her goals are. So we'll, hopefully we'll learn more. But yeah, she definitely doesn't think too much of uh, trading in goods, especially art. Right. She she so, clearly thought weapons and then food and then maybe Calvado Calvados were were more important. Calvados is delicious. So <clears throat> you know. Uh, um, in the meantime, we've had well before any of the that scene at the demi monde happened. Uh, Daryl meets Is- Isabel at her apartment. They kind of hammer out their beef from the night before, uh, and then they <laughs> they're like, "Oh, where could Laurent be?" And Daryl's like, I have an idea. And everybody else uh, who's ever watched this show is like, yeah, it's clearly the Eiffel Tower. Like, this kid never shut up about it. Yep. And he tells everybody, even a rando woman that he met in an underground crypt bar. (laughs) So they they head over there. And there he, oh, there he is. I'm not sure how all these zombies got inside the sandbags. uh, Uh, Some of them look military. Like, it looks like some of them are wearing military things. Some of them just look kind of like regular People, One but... of them had a CRM jacket on. Yep, yep, and I made that very clear. And so, but um, only the jacket, not the pants. I will have to say, like, I can't imagine that they actually filmed this near the Eiffel Tower. This looks like a screen down or something like that. So I think that the way they tried to do this was pretty clever. What about Again, the bridge by by Notre Dame? They they showed Daryl walking across that bridge twice now in this show. Yeah. What do you? Do, I mean, clearly the stuff on the Seine at the end of the episode is is what it is because you can right you're down in the river you can shoot up and yep. you'll miss you know i stuff. feel like that had to be cgi but like I, it, crossing the bridge like it's yeah it, it looks it looks real but yeah it's just like there's a lot of set dressing there's nobody it, around i think it would be really hard to do that but yeah. maybe i'm maybe they were able to and that's like hell that- danny boyle did it in london yeah, but that was like what he that was pretty hard to do. And he talks about doing that. And now this is like a show. And I and I know we put a lot of budget into these shows more so than they ever used to. But um, I don't know. I I would like to see. I didn't find it. Um, but if I do find it, they're making of um, maybe they will give us an answer. Yeah, I would like to. I mean, uh, the, an after show explication would have been nice to hear how they got that shot or. Yeah. But something. I do think that the Eiffel Tower piece was obviously, you know, they're doing uh, what is it, Comic Con or something like that, uh, next week maybe, or maybe the and they're going to do like a an early um, screening of one of the episodes and at a panel, so maybe they there'll be a chance. To- I mean, look, they were filming in Paris, and there's definitely like um, and around in like around France, yeah. Um, so I guess it's possible, like if they got the permits and stuff, um. I think that, again, that's one of the busiest parts of Paris. Yeah. So I don't know how you would like 
you know, if they manage to do it, I can't uh, like like blocking off all that area for this kind of a shoot. Maybe they did felt like maybe they had it for a certain uh, um, amount of time. And that's why they have him walking across that bridge so many times because they're like, hey, we're going to get this and we get this shot and not waste it. Right. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I guess, yeah, if there's a making of I haven't found I found like a couple of um like articles where Norman Reedus is talking about um, filming and Nicotero is talking about it too. Um, and they say they're shooting around Paris, but they don't get into like the real specifics. Um, but my guess is maybe because the truth is it was like a suburb and, you know, not as, not as cool as we were hoping. Well, I just also think, um, I, I do think because they show him going across that bridge so many times, I think maybe that's real because again, they're going to take advantage of that as much as they can. And they're like, okay, we got this shot. We're going to get it. We're going to put this in again. Um, But it is like there's a lot of set dressing and maybe some of that is CGI. Um, right. That's that what I, w- I would expect to be. Because like, yeah, like burned out buses or what are they going to like crane yeah, one of those? Not, into there? Yeah, no. probably not going to do that. Though I will say like when they're sort of by the river and things like that, I think you could probably block off areas of that pretty easily um, and sort of do whatever dressing you need. But some of the the pieces are pretty large <laughs> so insert the bus for example uh so anyway we'll we'll see if we can dig up a little bit more about that but um um but let back to the episode um so we have you know finally daryl finds his way back to the old apartment and isabelle is there and laurent's not they go to the eiffel tower they're doing the whole thing um well, this is where the cool uh morning star stuff is, right. is finally that, used i think the zombies all... maybe gave him a little too much space it was too perfectly set right. up for the morning star because they're not crowding him at all uh and to, to the point where he's able to just brain one or two at a time instead of the fact that there's like 40 around him right and isabel's getting in there too she's like doing onesie twosies one two hands with a knife like and pretty they they're, they're really pausing on this and they're drawing this out. Um, and in the meantime, Laurent has hidden under a metal sheet. But um, that was pretty smart. It was smart. Um, but like, I guess we haven't seen Laurent kill Walker yet. So we don't. No. And I don't uh, think he has. So I think that that's because no, a- he thinks that they're going to be reincarnated or something. Right. But we also see a zombie come after him. So yep. the the vision that Daryl had at the beginning of the episode not true right uh, zombies look at him and see dinner just like everybody else right and there's a pause where you question that when he's first in the beginning of it but they are coming after him and then suddenly there's these other dudes in there pulling him very into a suddenly car. yeah they just um, they come out of nowhere they've apparently driven up another one of these scenarios where they've driven up like within 20 feet of of daryl and isabel they have no idea that they're there. And then this is like a little I didn't know if they were like calling back. Remember like when Beth got kidnapped? Like wasn't she yeah. kind of pulled into a car like this? I felt like this we was We didn't like see it back. because she she was running ahead of Daryl. By the time he gets to the uh, street, the car is driving away. We never see how so it, it isn't really the same. Out. It isn't quite the same thing where he's no. trying to like pull her it, out. What was what was weird here was Laurent's. Uh, they they kind of do a bit of a slap fight. It feels like when Daryl's trying to pull him out of the car. And I don't know if Laurent is fighting back a little. They only have a couple of one or two seconds to do this. And either he's already got his seatbelt on or Daryl can't just physically pull this kid out of the car, which I feel like he would absolutely be able to do. Yeah, but also the kid isn't doing anything. He's just sitting there. That was kind of weird. Well, that's what I was like. Is he maybe not trying to get out of the car? But why would even even this kid? He has no idea who these guys are. He says it later, like, uh, Quinn, I didn't see you there. But Quinn's like, oh, it was me all along. Uh no, Laurent Laurent has no no impetus to drive away from Daryl and Isabel. It just felt like a weird bit of choreography to put into the show. Like maybe don't let Daryl get that close because then it, it, they're trying to mess with our heads. They're trying to make it seem like Laurent wants to go, but that doesn't make sense story wise. Yeah, um, yeah, and so we've got you know one dude that they take hostage yeah to one of the weirdest slash also horrific slash funniest scenes (laughs) i don't fully understand how that all ended up either no but um 
and and you've had scenes of Quinn Anna talking to Quinn and Quinn just giving her the cold shoulder constantly. Yeah. And and not looking at her face, which is telling a, a lot of stories. Yeah, like if he had been looking at her face, he wouldn't be leaving Laurent with her. <laughs> yeah. Or like... listening to her, frankly, because she's she's been telling him like, oh, you know, like Isabel's not coming back. You need a really strong reason to come back. And you need a really strong reason to stay too. He's like, okay, yeah, cool, Anna. Bye. Right. Uh which yeah, it feels like he's not he's not getting it, or he's just playing it cool. And she's also like, hey, I thought we were handing the kid over for the reward, right? Like the fact that he's leaving her, she does say that out loud. It's like the fact that, <laughs> you know, he's right. He's and, and now he's had this meeting with Janae and he has said, we don't have the kid, but I'll yeah. let you know if, if he turns up. So he's he's playing. His agenda is like to start a family, I guess, that which seems weird for a really pragmatic guy. But maybe that's the thing he's been missing. You no, know, he's got so well, much also, so much else in his life. Also, he was ditched by her. Nothing seems to have happened with that. He was about to ditch the mother of that child. So right. it, like the whole yeah. thing seems a little bit weird <clears throat> um, or I'm kind of confused by motivations here. And. I did have a moment where I like with Isabel, cause she does, this is a little later, but she says to Daryl, Oh, I have something to tell you. And, oh, I did, yeah. and I'm like, is it that this kid is actually hers? There feels like a weird, but I mean, it doesn't, they, she like never tells him the thing he was, she was going to tell him even after the end of the I episode. She, I don't think she did. Maybe I missed it. Maybe it was just that she was going to stay, but maybe it was that she it, was going to stay. Did occur, it did occur to me that maybe there's like a double, like an unreliable narrative here because she's lied all along to Laurent and maybe he is actually her kid. Maybe this is, you know, she feels guilty that her sister got bitten or whatever. And I could totally be wrong about that, but it, it there's something here that feels off or there's something that she's not like but we can get to that because I don't want to get ahead of that before yeah, we talk. We have two about more these. episodes to figure out what the hell's going on. But Daryl, you know, <clears throat> Daryl and Isabel, and and like I do think that the scene between them and I don't know what the guy's name is that they're Armand. Armand, um, you know, Armand is basically insulting her, you know, and she immediately knows who has Laurent because. He's like, oh, I know what your past is and you're terrible. And he even says to Daryl, she was a very bad girl. And Daryl's just like, whatever, dude. Why does that even matter now? Like, I he, just he, love watching Daryl is like a pot of water set on a low heat. That oh, yeah. Just, <laughs> that just eventually starts to stab a guy. Uh, it, it, it's just such a fun thing to watch him, like, just be like, well, I don't really understand what you're saying, but I can tell you're free. Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> I can see what you're doing. And so he just starts, he goes into like backwoods Daryl mode. Uh, I don't understand how Armand was still story. walking around after all that, like five stab wounds later. Yeah. But uh, it was it was a compelling scene. And I liked watching Isabel's reaction too. I thought this was well, all well done. This was well done. But also Isabel does absolutely nothing to intervene. Uh, she's like, I want to stay and watch. <laughs> yeah. She's just like, okay, he said all this stuff. Cool, cool. Um and so this guy is going to take them to go find where Laurent is. Um, but he's, he's been damaged. Daryl tells this crazy story about Jimmy and goes into like a lot of detail. And, you know, Isabel's making the assumption that I'm sure the whole audience is that this is actually D Daryl talking about himself. And later Daryl's like, no, I made all that up. Um, yep. Whether he did or not is questionable, but. Classic uh, Daryl. Yep. Loves to make up a good yarn while he's torturing people. And basically, he's just like, you know what? We're going to get Laurent back. I'm going to torture the heck out of you. And you're going to take us to wherever this is. And that's that. Like, he really just kind of jumps in there. And he really just... Um, um, it's just like full on... He is full tilt Daryl, without question. And then they're like walking through Paris. And he's just like tying this guy up. Um, and they come up with a plan to sort of do a, like a diversion, um, so that they can go and get Laurent. Um, in the meantime, this woman that, uh, I don't remember her name. This is terrible. The, the girlfriend of, uh, Quinn. Anna. Anna has some, like, like she has these weird moments with Laurent where Laurent's kind of like, you know, 
he gets that something's up there and she ultimately she's got like a lot of crazy like this is a great actor she's got some crazy faces she's pulling that would make me like be like i yeah i'm i'm not staying around you <laughs> like she looks always like she's plotting something I, but I, I feel like what he's taken away from it is you're actually nice but you don't want people to know that about you like that's what he says to her yeah. toward the end of their and maybe time that's together. why she lets him go but also she just wants to let him go because she really doesn't want isabel coming around um, she doesn't want isabel coming around but i also i'm not so sure that she is the evil jilted lover that i kind of had pegged her as when we first met her I think that was too quick of a read because by the end of this episode, the look that she gives Isabel, and I know I'm jumping toward the very end, is not like, oh, I hate you. It's like, well, fuck. <laughs> it's just like a kind of resigned to her fate. But also, I feel like it's going to, ch- there's there's still more more string here for her story to play out. And yeah. I, I kind of like how they're doing it. It's not, it's not as one note as I had written her off to be. She has layers. And one of, some of those are, She's playing nice with Laurent. She's like talking about the candy, mm-hmm. uh, Laurent, and ha- having that conversation with Quinn about his, like, hey, did your mom, did Isabel ever tell you about me, about dear old dad? He's like, uh, yeah, she told me that he went off and died as a hero for France. And he's like, that's a bit of a stretch. <laughs> or that he was fighting for France. That's like, he- he- yeah, yeah, as a hero for France. And he was like, that, you know, that's a bit, too, that's a bit much. And everybody agreed that Quinn does not really uh, play that role. Uh, but I also I also like that Laurent knows exactly who he is. Like he's not messing around. He's not like oh playing playing dumb. He's figured out that Quinn is his dad. Yeah, and you know, and again, this is a bit of the disillusionment because he has been fed these like fanciful stories um, by Isabel and the nuns and things like that. And he is I think interested as anyone would be like he has this photo of his mom that he's never seen he's holding that he still keeps looking at that he tried to go to the eiffel tower but now he has this real life person in front of him and he is not what he thought he was and so laurent i think is having a bit of an existential crisis because a little bit of a never meet your heroes moment yeah and you know so there's that too and um you know like and it's very interesting because they have a really telling exchange where Quinn was like, "Hey, well, I saved you from you know at the Eiffel Tower," and he's like, "You weren't there." Laurent was like calling him out, and he goes, "Well, mm-hmm. no, but that was me, and that was me is that I send other people to do my dirty work, and even you, who are my son, who's the most like should be the most important thing to me. You're you're uh, like I'm not going to come and directly intervene. I'm just going to send my my like lackeys to go and do it, and in you know." And then on the other hand, you have Isabel and Daryl actually there. And so I think that that's a deliberate conversation that they did to highlight the differences in sort of yeah. like, and, you know, and maybe Laurent's going to come around to that too. Um, but anyway, um, that is, that is sort of their whole thing. And Daryl, Isabel, Armand, who is limping around Paris now, they all meet up with Falou and Meal. Sylvie, Sylvia or Sylvie? Yeah. And uh, Nadine and one other person. Uh, these are like the fighters who are left from the Not Nest, uh, the Parisian community that they were friendly with. And they, they come up with a plan to uh, to break into the Demi Monde, which is Quinn's club, the mm-hmm. half world. Maybe that means underworld. I don't know what that means in French, but. It's a group of people considered to be on the fringes of respectable society. There you go. So a little bit on the how and people of doubtful morality and standing. There you go. Great. When Falou was having was making the speech about how we're all going to get out of this alive. Oh, yeah. I'm like, obviously. Right. (laughs) Yeah. But then they actually nobody died. Emil got shot. Uh, Other people were injured. Only. Only uh, Demi Monders actually ended up dying uh, in that in that scene. And I was kind of amazed by that because it felt like it, it almost felt parallel to the New Yorkers running into Madison Square Garden. Right. Like there, it, there was a lot of similar structure there. Yeah. Can we also talk about Emile and Sylvie? By the way, well, how she wants to break her vows as a nun just to like, this is pretty sudden. And I, I don't him. think it's like a bad thing. Like, I do. I do agree. Like, she hasn't really seen anything. And 
it's she's it's, known two men. Yeah. One of them was a child named Literally. Laurent, and the other one was a priest. And now Darryl. she meets a, a virile. Well, yeah, I guess she's she's no she knows Daryl, but he's nah, <laughs> he yeah. doesn't he's not exactly a warm, welcoming person. And then uh, she meets Emile, a virile young man who's telling her how cool Paris is. And she's like, oh, OK, I'll break yeah. my vows for you. So Anyway, when they're making their whole big plan to go and do this and, you know, they're getting all like trucked up and whatever, I guess I'm I'm guess I'm fine with this. But like it doesn't like they don't have the arsenal. They're going in against the the whole this whole faction of people that seem to be better weaponed or better equipped um i don't know it's a it doesn't seem likely that they would all get out alive i guess yeah especially when they're they're uh tactically they're just jumping out into the open to fire and to throw things i was like there's no way they're not going to get shot but they don't uh so it worked out i think you know as a as a frontal assault diversion tactic it it makes some sense it's a good strategy i i just am surprised that only one of them got shot so Yep. They they did their thing. They stuck it out. They did the mission. They pulled back. Flawless victory. Uh, then you have a scene where Quinn goes to check on the front door. And you see it's very quick. But I Ooh. loved it. There's like a couple of teenagers. One, a boy who's holding his arm. He's been shot. One, a young girl who like turns around and looks at him. Yep. She's holding like a gun. And there's another guy. And there's dead bodies on the ground. And you're just like... Those are his employees. Like these are kids. They're kids. This is yep. terrible. I thought this was so impact. This impacted me anyway. I, I don't think. I think it was supposed to be like a throwaway thing, or maybe it was no, very it, thoughtfully I cast. Thought that that, I thought that that was an excellent like indication about what we're really dealing with here. Yeah, we just haven't seen. I mean, we saw a couple of people. Like we know we've seen a couple of people in his clubs, but these are these are kids. Like that's they just that. look sad. They look so sad. I was like, oh, this is very, this is depressing. Yeah. But they're like, they're not like saviors, or you don't feel that same no. level of uh, of thuggishness about it. I guess the guys that he sent out to the Eiffel Tower were older. Armand was a total dick, obviously. Yeah. Um, and the other gate guards that we've seen that were offered hazelnuts the first time that they came through were yep. older and seemed a little crustier. But then this shot shows us these sad looking yeah. wounded children you're just like or teenagers and you're just like oh my god this is kind of it really does uh change the your your perspective i think that was that was smart i don't know if they're gonna do something more with this but i keep thinking that the quinn angle is gonna soften somehow something about it i don't know i'm not sure what it is yet yeah it's hard to know what they're gonna do with that yet um and then in the meantime you have daryl you know dragging Armand around and Armand is like can't be trusted it's clear that he can't be trusted and there's like kind of like stomping around the tunnels and then Daryl's like oh and tell me where it is and and he keeps sort of like slightly torturing Armand when he won't give him the answers and it's like he he finally tells him like the way to get in and whatever and Daryl's like all right I'm gonna leave you here and then you know a very classic Daryl line where he's like bon appetit and like the the walkers like come in and like swarm Armand well Um, Armand broke his own damn leg by trying to get away from Daryl he did he did that's true um but it's also like you know Daryl is just like all right I'm gonna keep going on but this guy is like double crossing me. So I might as well cut my losses and just keep going. And I don't know why Armand thought he was going to get out of this alive. He'd already been stabbed five times. Really? The only leverage I thought that Daryl still had toward the end of that torture was a quick death. Like there's, you're not going to survive being stabbed five times in the abdomen from the infection point of view. right? Uh, Even if it didn't pierce organs, which, like, look, I think I do think that Daryl knows enough about anatomy and everything at this point where he's not going to do that. But he also doesn't really care that much here. So, you know, the guy he's not putting out a lot of caring vibes that Armand should be like, yeah, I think I think I'm going to survive this entire thing. Yeah. Uh, Which is maybe Um, why he tries to run. But I feel like you're dead, dude. um, And then he gets into, you know, the Demimon little sanctum and finds Laurent relatively easily uh, has a very weird sort of slight confrontation with Anna. And, you know, she lets him go because she wants to matter her hair, but there's, 
you know, a little bit of the the thing that they're trying to prop up is this whole thing about Laurent being this like holy kid or having a lot of like this charisma or something that allow that people like react in a different way to him than they would to other people. And so they're kind of trying to push that here. I don't know if it's incredibly successful. Um, and then, you know, when Daryl's bringing Laurent out and they're getting out of the club and they confront Quinn and there is definitely a moment here where Laurent's like looking between the two of them and watching what's happening. And I mean, I could imagine he's feeling some complicated feelings, right? Like yeah. his dad, um, not who we thought he was, but did try to kind of bring him to safety, but then he's got Daryl who has actually protected him, but kind of upset him by what he said. Um, and that, you know, kind of was the reason why he is so disillusioned at this moment because Daryl told the truth. So, I don't know. It's an interesting thing. And Daryl does think, because you know he wants to kill Quinn badly, um, maybe for a few reasons, one of which I think is that he's pissed off about Isabel and how the guys treated Isabel. Um, I mean, but yeah, but also, badly he wants to kill Quinn. Quinn hasn't really done that much. Well, I think Daryl took, I mean, look, he took Laurent. He like, he's been sending these, he's been saying these things about is like Daryl is definitely, he paused. It's not like he took Laurent from Daryl and Isabel. They were just fighting zombies nearby. I know that's a quibble, but it could like, he hasn't actually wronged Isabel or Daryl yet. He hasn't, uh, but Daryl pauses. Like there's a moment where he, it could have gone either way. And he see. I, I don't. Yeah, I, I think he didn't Laurent. really. He didn't really have the motive to kill Quinn in this scene. But like, what stops him is looking apparently at at Laurent, who's just like this innocent child, who's not saying anything either, just kind of looking with interest uh, to see if Daryl's going to kill his father or not. Yeah, uh, and he doesn't, and they walk past the the unconscious form of his dad, who did just try to fight to stop him from being kidnapped. If you turn the you know the situation on its true on its head again, it's complicated, but it's complicated. <laughs> yeah. And so then they get out of there and and are reunited with with Isabel and the the little the people that have been helping them fight are back there and she's got like a you know there's a lot going on here. There's this guy, Aslan, which I think is funny anyway. Uh, yeah. Is that a common I, Turkish name? Do we, I mean, I, I, I know, it means, know. Li- it means lion, but that's it's from the lion, the witch in the wardrobe, yeah, yeah, yeah. but well, I didn't know the people were named Aslan, but this guy is. Yep. But it's spelled differently, but it is opposed to the lion, the witch in the wardrobe, but um, it is, you know, the, the whole plan is that he is supposed to get, Laurent to the nest um, and um, there's a lot of back and forth here and if anything this episode suffers a little bit from pacing and storytelling and uh, to me like it was the least successful in terms of like pushing certain things forward or making things make sense and believable so there's a lot of conversation about the fact that Jeanette is sort of shutting down the city and so there's like a big moment where Isabel is like, okay, Daryl, I know you're supposed to go back to the U.S., but um, I, I'm going to go and talk to Quinn because he's the only way that Laurent's going to get out of here. Well, how does that even make sense? Like, how what is Quinn go- what is Quinn going to do? Like, and how quickly can he do it? These guys are in a boat, and if there's like checkpoints or ways to get out, like, I don't know how this makes sense. Also, like, they had just met back up. Yeah. What if Daryl had been like, oh, my bad. I actually killed him just like 20 minutes right, ago. Right. Um, and <clears throat> there's a whole thing about her staying and Daryl's really not happy about it. Laurent's not happy about it. And again, it doesn't like totally make sense about why Quinn would want her back or any of this stuff. My um, question here is not only. Yeah. Not only is Isabel making this questionable choice to go back and stay with Quinn to persuade him to use his connections to let the boat through some sort of checkpoint which is her rationale why isn't sylvia sylvie going with daryl and laurent isn't this her mission too why isn't anybody else from this faction other than aslan going with the boy who is their messiah well especially especially with sylvie this doesn't make any sense because it's like this was the whole thing and she's basically like hey i'm staying because i think i might be liking this emil guy it's, she, she, I mean, she doesn't put it that simply. She's like, well, it's the mission and the community. I could be helpful. No, but it really, she, yeah, it's a meal. 
yeah, and so, so it's kind of disappointing. I think that that all the all the Frenchies are like, nah, yeah, you know, Laurent, you're just go with the American. He'll uh, he'll get you where you need to go. Well, and then the other piece of it that I was trying to sort of like not justify or like make sense of is that um, the um, the idea that Quinn would help. Laurent get out. I mean, maybe he would help him get out because he's worried about Jeanette getting him and because she has obvious interest in him. But Quinn very clearly wanted to keep Laurent. Like, maybe maybe it was because he just wanted Isabel back, but I think he wanted Laurent with him. And so the idea that he's going to like not only allow Laurent to leave, but also... Enable, enable it. Enable yeah, that's him a good point. With Daryl... <clears throat> Who just beat him up. Strange. I, I don't so that's one part that I don't think they've been clear about what is going on here. Um and they do have an interaction where Isabel pops up back at the the demi mont and is looking at the water lilies, and we know maybe that's some connection between them, and we're probably gonna get some backstory since he asked for the Japanese footprint. Uh, well, she talked about how whenever she was feeling sad, she would she go would and go look at the water first. lilies. And but that's it, yeah, so that's he know but yeah. Um, and so Anna we, walks down the stairs and looks at the two of them and just kind of, like I said, looks resigned, doesn't look mad. And so yeah, there's there's some interesting stuff to play out between these three characters. Daryl and Laurent and Aslan are just going to go off down the river and see what happens next. Sylvie, I guess it was nice knowing you. Uh, like, keep that character in the show and not in a way that's like off in a Pari- Parisian commune. I don't love that that's how they're dealing with her character. She was underdeveloped. Already. Now it it feels like she's just going to be written off. Yeah. Well, and I was hoping before they kind of went into this whole thing, like where she was going to stay, I was hoping that maybe she would go on with Daryl and Laurent and that could, you know, could develop it a little further, right? And give her a center stage in a way that they hadn't before. But yeah. no, that's not what they're doing here. And so this is kind of strange to me um, that that's or what... let Emil convalesce on the boat and she can she can help Emil. I don't know. Anyway, it doesn't make sense that you're not going to continue with some of these people from this community and just entrust to this one guy. Because if, if Laurent is that important to all of them, wouldn't you think that they would have provided yeah, that's what i'm saying yeah like it's just kind of it's it's just strange so anyway we shall see what happens we've got two more episodes left of this thing um what are your predictions the why well, my prediction is we're gonna find out where the nest is <laughs> uh daryl will eventually get on a boat and go home i think all right unless there's is there a season two of this i don't i think so um, and then the other thing, it's like, wouldn't it be great if she was up at the nest and it's like Rick there <laughs> or something like that? I feel like there must be some big reveal that they're that they're potentially setting up, but maybe not. Um, and also the other thing that we still haven't seen yet. I mean, we saw Jeanette's um, ex- experiments with the walkers, um, but we haven't seen any of the fast walkers that we were promised or that we were that were implied. So I feel like that may have to happen in the next uh in one of the next episodes maybe not it didn't in dead city but it feels like they we've had brulance at least but yeah every time there's been a scene with a zombie like at the at the eiffel tower i was like oh they're gonna jump over the sandbags no they just walk through it uh when there's a scene of isabel and and daryl walking down a street with zombies behind them i'm like one of them's gonna run at them nope they just they just walk away so i keep waiting for that too uh I hope we do get a little more in the next two episodes. That's a good prediction to make. All right. Uh, so you want to wrap this this show up? Yeah, let's sign us off, HA. You can do it. I don't think I can. I I was go- I was trying to give it to you, man. <laughs> All right. Um, so let us know what you think of um, this episode of Daryl Dixon. Uh, send us an email at reanimatedpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, reanimated something at Podbean. I don't know. Reanimated.podbean.com. Thank you. Is where you can find all of our episodes going back into the ancient times. Yeah, have a listen. Let us know what you think. Indeed. And we'll, we'll, we're going to take a brief break next week. Um, 
and I think I'm back the following. So uh, we can maybe do a double dose of it and wrap up the whole series. Fun. Yep. Um, so until next time, ciao. Alrighty, bye-bye.